Hey guys, welcome back to the Swish Super Rugby Preview, the second last one of the year. What a season it's been. And again, I'm joined by the lad, Surly from Surly Talk Sport, who surely this week managed to get a little bit more love from Swish. Go on, Surly, give me a list. How many guys, how many names have you got for us? Oh yeah, look, it was it was a pretty tough task, almost a full-time gig to be fair, so just uh, working my way through them now, but yeah, look, thick and fast, they came flooding in, so just chipping away. Oh, I love that, and after your Origin video that I saw from you the other day, surely, surely the listeners want an Origin hype-up video from Surly, from Surly Talk Sport, for only $20, but we've even got a new discount code which is $15 off, which I'm guessing it makes Surly as cheap as $5. Absolute bargain. Cheap as a cup of coffee. Getting an Origin hype-up video from Surly Talk Sport. Oh, things dreams are made of. But I did promise that anyone who got a swish for myself or Surly this week, I would shout them out. So I did get a birthday shout-out for George, who was a big Jaunty fan. Um, so he got a birthday shout-out from Jaunty. So shout-out to George. Hope your birthday was a very special one and John T got to see everything he wanted to see from you because he we all know he is a special special man but what a round of footy quarterfinals some intense games heartbreak to see one team exited but um, some real good games in there first game of the round Crusaders versus the Reds 37-15 give me your hot take on this one Surly yeah this was probably a better game than I expected to be fair I reckon the Reds really did show up to play obviously the scoreboard blew out a little probably in that last kind of 60 minutes there but I thought the Reds played some great footy scored a couple nice tries but in the end the Crusaders just too strong that back three of theirs is pretty crazy man absolute freaks and they have been all competition and then with Richie back pulling the strings they're gonna be hard to beat but yeah I take my hat off to the Reds that was probably one of their best performances this year and I think they bowed out with their heads held high yeah agree uh, you mentioned Richie Mwanga he definitely stood up when it ne- when he needed to eh? he got his hands on the ball came up with a couple of massive plays even as line kicking for touch some massive nudges in there which was relieving the Crusaders from all sorts of pressure but um, you mentioned the Reds and man that was such a physical game and one thing that really stood out for me was that game had zero TMO checks zero yellow cards and it was a real physical contest there was some massive collisions in it so it was awesome to see rugby union being played really physically no cards no checks and just some good quality footy. Yeah, a little flashback to the good old days that the old man always harps on about. That was old Super Rugby at its purest. But yeah, I think Brad Thorne could be pretty happy with that as as an end performance. And I think they've got a few work-ons in the off-season. That tight five of theirs still got pushed around a fair bit. But there is some talent and some real potential there. That loose Ford trio, McDermott. So they've got some good players and a good team to build around from in the years to come. Yeah, definitely. And they were struck pretty hard with injuries throughout the year obviously not having Taniela Tupo James O'Connor probably their two biggest stars for these big matches um, definitely didn't help them but you're right they've definitely unearthed some talent and some depth throughout the season and um, they've been one of those sides who haven't really played a really bad game like they've always been in the contest they're pretty consistent Um, they just never really fully clicked eh? 
Yeah, I think it was what, the second week in a row they scored 15 points on the Crusaders, but the way in which they did it was a bit more exciting. Like that line-out try they scored off, that was a bit of creativity there, and you could tell they'd done their homework. So a bit more of that from them. I think they're more that kind of side that will look to play some expansive rugby, and they could potentially be the most exciting Australian side in terms of the brand of footy they play. But... Yeah, plenty of talent in that back line too. So with O'Connor back, could have been slightly different, but I think the Crusaders at home would have been too strong still. Yeah, I agree. But one big blow for the Crusaders was the great lad himself, Ethan Blackadder, dislocated his shoulder, looked terribly sore, brought back some bad memories for me. Um, but man, um, he he was on fire in that game, running hard, that big collision where he bunted um, Harry Wilson, he was into everything, turnovers, he's just a mongrel and um, he's going to be a massive loss for them going forward over these next couple of weeks. Yeah, huge. And you'd have to think, looking ahead to that matchup this week, obviously we'll talk about it, but I think that forward battle is going to be massive to getting the win this weekend. So a huge loss in saying that. Christie, still a good footballer, but hopefully Blackadder has the timeline come out for how long he'll be out for. I haven't heard too much. He will be out till next Super Rugby season, so it's worst news possible. He won't be playing any Uh. rugby for this year, so he will be coming up too. Um, Tasman training and filming it because he's such a lad like most players wouldn't do that they'll just do their own rehab but mate, he is such a legend such a champion bloke so um, hopefully his recovery goes well and um, if you have listened to that Ethan Blackadder episode you'll know that he enjoys recovering from injuries he enjoys that whole process of being better so I've got no doubt that he's going to come back better and um, just in time for the Rugby World Cup where I think he's going to be super important for that All Black side. Uh, great footballer. Can't wait to have him back. Yeah. Then the next game was Chiefs versus the Waratahs, 39-15. Give me a take on this one. Yeah, I thought this was a really good win for the Chiefs. Heading into it, I was slightly nervous. I think we spoke about it last week that you never ride off the Tars and that they'd be coming over here pretty confident after knocking off a couple Kiwi sides on our soil. But... Yeah, I think this was a strong performance from them, and I thought their key guys in, in your Webers and your Italics really stood up. Without Sam Kane and his leadership there, they needed those two big performances. And yeah, I just think that, that key momentum shift, Nankerville's try late in the first half, an unfortunate error from the Waratahs right on their own line, probably a bit expensive there, and then an easy try, and I think that kind of took the game away from them, and then the Chiefs just too good to to finish it out you know they dominated at that breakdown and collision and yeah in the end the better side won and probably by more than I expected yeah well all the games to be fair I think I went unders on all of the games but they all eventually sort of blew out to 13 plus um, especially the three games that I suggested to take that money back special so you would have got your money back but you wouldn't have got any return but um, that was one of those games, and you mentioned Brad Weber. I thought he was outstanding in this game, really chucked himself back into this all-black frame because there's so much competition at nine at the moment. It is ridiculous. Other couple of guys who I thought were outstanding was Peter Gasso Cooler. He seems to be pretty consistent coming into red-hot form again at the business end of the season. And Jacobson, mate, he is an absolute beast, eh? Yeah, it was cool to see him in that 
that seven role. It's not often that you see him kind of playing that style of footy, and it just goes to show like how talented he is. Obviously, he's had some bad runs with injuries, but he's still a heck of a footballer. And again, another guy that probably put his hand up because you're kind of used to not seeing him in the black jersey so much over the past few years. But a few injuries now, and he's an extremely impressive player and one that I know they rate highly in that system. So a big and timely performance from him for sure. Yeah, he could potentially be just a straight swap for Blackadder now that he's gone. Jacobson, similar sort of player, could put his name right back in the mix. But for the Waratahs, I thought they were the surprise package of the season, to be fair. Um, If you had told me at the start of the year that they were going to finish sixth, I would have had a laugh because I thought they would be no chance of even making the eight, to be fair. Um, But they've been the surprise package, played some really good footy. Looks like they've grown throughout the year and... Um, although the scoreboard blew out, I think they could be pretty proud of their performance even in that quarterfinal. Yeah, for sure. I think it was only last season that they only won one or two games and kind of finished up at the bottom. So just to be in that eight and playing finals football is a huge achievement for them. And I think they unlocked some good young talent as well. The first five, we've talked about them a bit. Edmund, I thought... He's an impressive footballer. I see they've just re-signed him for a few years, so excited to see how his career tracks from there. But yeah, overall, I think the blokes from Bondi will be happy with that shift. And Michael Hooper, you say it every week, but man, he's a talent, eh? And he just gives it everything every week. So if you can keep a guy like that in your squad, I'm not sure what his movements are, but I guess with the World Cup, he'll be around. So if they can build around that and really use him to bring an impressive roster together for next season... And they could push a few teams like they did again this year. Yeah, it is good to see these Aussie sides stepping up and making it a really competitive competition, which is what we all want to see. And the next game, now I know you're live at this game. You sold out half the stadium with your two-for-one special. Absolute <laughs> lad. But what a game, 35-6. It looked a little bit tight at the start. Looked like the Blues were going to struggle mm. to try and get past them, but sort of the writing was always on the wall. The Highlanders were just hanging on and uh, eventually couldn't hold on any longer. What do you make of it live? Yeah, look, uh, the atmosphere was unreal, I must say. Eden Park, the place was humming, a pretty decent crowd, and seems like Blues fans have really found their voice over the past year or so, probably due to the results, but yeah, certainly making a lot of noise, which was great to see, and... Yeah, that first 20 minutes, to be fair, I was starting to get a bit nervous, started sinking a few more vessels than I'd planned just out of pure fear. The the old DMs were blowing up on social media, Statman was starting to get a bit of confidence in him, so yeah, I was getting a little bit nervous, but then I think that red card probably shifted things a little in the Blues' favour. And then I also think that they kind of just hit their straps and, and found their rhythm. Um, I noticed quite a few stoppages. The whole team was coming in together. And I think, you know, the leaders would have just been saying that that they'll start to play some good footy soon. Of course, they most of them had the week off that week before. So maybe a bit of rust. But yeah, in the end, just too much talent. That back line, those loose forwards in open space. My dream came true a week early for Roger, but I still have faith he'll score the winner in the final. But yeah, a, a good Blues win and an exciting game to watch in the end. Yeah, mate, you're, you're spot on. It was There's just too much strike power in that Blues side to, for those Highlanders to hang on for much longer. I know you meant, they mentioned the red card. Um, what did you make of that red card? I mean, it's always tough when someone's ducking their head into contact like that. I know Makalau didn't really wrap his arms, but it's such a tough decision to have a red card when someone's dropping as low as that what do you make of it 
Yeah, it is really hard, and also like they slow it down so much that like the, these guys have yeah. like a split second, and it's often just an instinctual thing. Like you're not going to let them score, so um, it is really tough decision. But you see it every week now, and I don't know. It'd be cool if they could find like a bit of a medium between the two. But the police that hard all year, to be fair. So going by the books and what they've been riffing, it probably was a red, but. Yeah, you hate to see it because it does shift the games and I'm glad that that 20-minute rule has come in because it still has a big impact but probably less than it used to. But at the same time, we probably see more reds now because of the consequences being less for the referees. So Yeah, definitely. I know a lot of Highlanders fans sort of blaming the red card on the loss, but I felt like this game was about to explode without this red card. The Highlanders were just hanging on, and then the Blues just finally clicked into gear like you mentioned. But a couple of Highlanders guys that stood out for me, Fakatava, I thought he was super impressive getting his late call-up for um, Aaron Smith. Um, he definitely showed qualities that he can start. and I think he's put his hand up even more so for this all-black squad, uh, potentially as the third halfback. I don't know what they're thinking there, but he's just so exciting. He had something different. And Ethan DeGroote, I don't know what happened at scrum time, but the Highlanders' scrum was dominant, which is something I was not expecting to see, and it looked like the big man DeGroote was a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I actually snuck my way into the press conference post-game and uh, DeGroote's name came up and they mentioned he was fired up all week because of his strong relationship with the Blues props through the All Black system and they said he really wanted to prove a point. So he was obviously fired up. Unfortunately, copped a bit of a palm from Bodie on the way through, but you probably not expected as a prop to pull off a one-on-one tackle with Bowden Barrett. But um, yeah, strong performance from him. And another forward, I thought as well, Makaile Tu'u, like we mentioned him most weeks again but man has he come on and leaps and bounds this year he's always been really strong for Hawks Bay in the Bunnings Cup but I think this year he really showed on the super rugby stage how good of a footballer he can be as well yes very true and you mentioned Bodie he was super impressive again man he is just so fast though those couple of tries he got just out of nowhere another person continuing to impress me is Roger Tuovasa-Shek seems to be growing his game very nicely every week. Slight improvements on his game. Um, very interested to see where he fits in this all-black frame as well. And I thought oh, Hoskins Satutu showed some real class touches. He offers something different in that loose forward mix. Very skillful. That cutout pass he threw to put Roger through on that line break. Just little touches like that. He's got some real nice soft skills. So it uh, be interesting to see where he also fits in those all-black conversations as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think he's a guy that's kind of gone under the radar this year just because of some of the performances from the loose forwards and other teams. But he's a great footballer. And you mentioned Roger. Bodie was actually talking about just how far his rugby IQ's come since he was been out from injury. He mentioned that it's not just one-way feedback he's getting now. He, he said he used to tell Roger what he was seeing and not get a whole lot back while Roger was still learning the game. But now... He's having good conversations with him around how the game's playing out. So it's good to see. And I think we'll start to see his leadership and stuff that those qualities show soon now that he's becoming a bit more comfortable in the game and he can start barking and directing guys around now that he's kind of established himself as a top rugby player. Mm, Like it. Exciting times for him and Blues fans. Last game of the round. The toughest game of the round. Brumbies versus the Canes. 35-25. 35-25. Now, I thought the Hurricanes were in control of this game for most of the game. I was loving the fact that the all, the four guns I spoke about, Geordie, Colsey, TJ, Artie, were really in good form. 
Geordie was kicking his goals from everywhere. They were just going up in three, really putting the Brumbies under pressure. Then it all happened. Geordie gets the HIA. TJ comes off. Colsey comes off. And then I think about 19 points were scored and it was game over. So it was heartbreak for a Hurricanes fan. I thought they deserved a bit more than that. But um, what did you make of the game? Yeah, look, I was just heartbroken for, for myself, really. I was really looking forward to seeing you come up next week to Eden Park, sink a few, and uh, and rip into each other while the Blues took apart the Canes and revenged their one loss for the year, but <laughs> not to be. Um, like you, I thought the Canes dominated for most of the game, um, and I was well and truly cheering for them. It looked like pretty tough conditions over there in Canberra. Mm. The place looks like it's freezing every week, but... Um, yeah, it was a good game to watch as a mutual fan. I think maybe that that charge down late, I think it was Ray Arce, that ended yeah. up being quite a bit of a momentum shift as well because the whole time you just felt like the Canes were going to come back and win the game, but I think that one took it away from them a bit. And then that HIA, like you could tell Geordie did not want to come off at all and that's probably one of the most controversial ones we've had this year because he looked perfectly fine so it proved to be quite costly because when he was on the park they just looked so much better yeah and that, that's a good point because it's a rule in the game now that if players are lying down on the ground so it's a pretty important that players understand that if you get hurt don't lie on the ground putting your hands on your head I think Geordie for a second, he put his hands on the head when he landed on that ground, which that means the match doctor has to bring him off for a HIA. So um, you got to be careful. If you do get winded or whatever, don't put your hands on your head. We saw it with Sever Reese last weekend when he was trying to milk a penalty yeah. or get a little bit more out of a decision. Um, he had to come off for an HIA, and he wasn't allowed back on. So um, I think it's good that guys can't go trying to milk penalties like that, and they've also got to be really careful that if they are hurt, um, try and get back up straight away, especially if it's not your head. If it is your head, obviously get off for an HIA. Your head is still the most important thing. But you're right, it was a massive blow for the Canes when he came off because um, the momentum shifted massively. And one thing that really stood out for me from the Brumbies is what sort of stood out for me from them all year is their work at the breakdown. They were just smashing the Canes breakdown, lots of counter-ruck turnovers. Um, they, them and the Blues are both very good in that area, and that's what sort of excites me so much about this semi-final. It's going to be a very physical breakdown battle. Did anyone else stand out for you in that one? I thought Josh Morby, like, again, a player that probably not a lot of fans of just footy in general would have seen too much footy from him, but, man, like, a, a bit of a breakout year for him at, at Super Rugby level, and I thought, again, on the weekend, he was really good. So an impressive season from him and one that, no doubt, he's pretty happy with, and he, he looks to be a real player to watch. Yeah, 100%. He's a, he's had a massive year, and I think there's a few guys in that Kane side, young guys who have been given an opportunity, a lot of game time, who... Um, have really stood up and they'll be excited about um, the years going forward. So I think the Canes are in good stead going forward um, with some of the talent they've blooded this year, um, but wasn't to be their year. And on for the power plays, last weekend I sort of didn't promote the power plays because I was pretty disappointed what came back. Um, I didn't see any value in any of them, so I didn't really share it and none of the options came in. So I saved you all one there. Um, but we do have some exciting power plays this weekend, which I'm looking forward to um, discussing as we go through this preview part of the show. And the first game, Crusaders versus the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs won this battle in season. Obviously, the last-minute comeback. 
Uh, what are you picking in this game? Yeah, look, it's it's a hard one. And like obviously being a Blues fan, I'm really looking forward to that game on Saturday night. But you can't help as a rugby fan to almost be looking forward to this one a little bit more just because the New Zealand derby and the matchups all across the park. Um, I think it's going to go right down to the wire. I mentioned earlier that Chiefs forward pack and their physicality around the, the breakdown as well. They've been outstanding all year. No Blackadder, but no doubt Christie comes in and, and he's a more than capable footballer and he's been impressive whenever he gets his start. So look, two pretty star-studded teams on paper, some massive matchups, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really close. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to go right down to the wire this one and it's going to be won by one big moment or one turning point. Someone's going to put their hand up. I think the Crusaders have a few more of those players who I think might be the match winner in this game, but um, it would honestly not surprise me if the Chiefs won. I'm picking Crusaders 1-12, to and I think that's a pretty good punt, um, especially with that money-back bonus if it does blow out late, which I don't see happening, um, but I think it's around two, 280 for that, Crusaders 1-12, to so I think that's pretty good value and interest to watch in this game. Would you be the same? Yeah, I've, I've gone the same, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Chiefs get the win. And I noticed that the Crusaders 13-plus is the most popular option in the betting, and there's obviously a lot of confidence in the home side. But Chiefs 1-12, to 12, if you're a bit of a mutual fan, $4.40, that's some pretty good value there and nothing to scoff at, especially for a side that's already beaten the Crusaders in Christchurch earlier this year. Yeah, I did read the Crusaders' uh, home record stats in playoff games, 28-0 and zero oh. when they've hosted a finals match at home. So that's an incredible stat. Um, yeah, so I see why the bookies have them such short favourites when you've got stats like that coming into the game, 28-0. and zero, It's incredible um, and must give the Blues a little bit more confidence knowing that they mo- they'll have to come up there next weekend if they get their job done against the Brumbies. Blues will be hard to beat. Win in the comp. Dollar ninety. TAB say they deserve to be favourites, and I think they do, especially with that home advantage. I think um, if they can beat the Brumbies this weekend, um, it's going to be tough for the Crusaders to travel up there. No doubt, a packed out Eden Park. It will be a, it will be an occasion next weekend if those two teams win. I think it will be the best for the competition. Um, geez, it will really split the nation. Um, all the Blues fans, South Islanders, oh, it's going to be, it'll be good stuff. But there's a lot of footy to be played before we get to that game. And the next game is the Blues versus the Brumbies. Go on. I know you're picking the Blues, but how many are you picking them by? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably in that 1 to 12 margin. I noticed the line's 12 and a half, and, and all the money's on the Blues 13 plus. I think the Brumbies are paying $4.20 just to get the win. So. In my opinion, I think that's almost a little bit too disrespectful. They've been a solid side all year. Their set piece is unreal. They get Valentini back as well. I notice he's in the eight jersey. That's massive for their forward pack. He's a great player. And look, I think the Blues will have just more razzle-dazzle and eventually they'll open it up. Not so much like they did last week, but I still think in the over the 80 minutes they'll have their way towards the end. But... Geez, I'd be in that 1-12 to 12 for sure. I think 12.5 line is, is pretty generous, and I can't see it being that much of a one-sided affair. Nah, I'm with you as well. I think that Blues 1-12 to 12 is another great punt this weekend, especially with the money-back bonus. If they do blow it out, um, you do get your money back. But if I was playing that point start margin, I'd be taking that Brumbies plus 12.5 all day. I think this is going to be another extremely close game. The Brumbies are... A, 
really hard side to beat and beat comfortably. And just the way they play with their kicking game, their defense is extremely good. That The Blues won't be opening up the Brumbies like they did the Highlanders last week. And their set piece is obviously very good. They scored two more tries against the Blues last time. So I think that's been another area that they'll try and attack. Falau Fiang at the back of that. He's deadly. He times his... He times when to come off the back of that mall very well, and he gets some incredibly hard balls to get down, down like he did against the Canes in the weekend. Should never have got been able to get that down, but so strong and so good at that. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be an extremely close game. I still do think the Blues will win. Like you say, too much strike power across the board. Bodie at the helm, ice cool, but I do think it will come right down to the wire. Yeah, I was interested. You mentioned the set piece. Interested to see Goodhue get the start for the Blues. I thought Tucker's been really impressive at lock this year, and he's been one of those guys that's really caught my eye as just a week-in, week-out solid performer. So an interesting time to make that change, but maybe they think Goodhue's more up to the task to taking on that Brumbies pack at set piece. Yeah, interesting. And they've obviously brought in Choke, who's very good at the breakdown, Mm. tough little man. Um, he's good over the ball, so um, that might be part of it as well. But I mentioned it a little bit earlier about the breakdown. These two teams are definitely the best two teams at the breakdown. They both go very hard across the board. Their outside backs get right into it as well. Um, there'll be no easy ball won this weekend. So I think it's going to be a pretty ugly game, to be fair. I think there'll be a lot of kicking, um, a lot of penalties at that breakdown. It's going to be quite messy, but... It's going to be intense, and that's what we love about finals footy. Absolutely. Who's your highlighted player for this game? Oh, look, you, you can't go past Bodie, really. I think his performance will be huge to getting the win, just his kicking game and just his ball running in general. I think last week he's really started to take the line on after that 20-minute mark, and he when he goes direct like that, and he's just so skillful and so fast, he just gets opposition defences guessing and then frees up the likes of your Rodgers and your Ricos. Even AJ Lamb thought he was outstanding last weekend, so excited to see him start this week. But yeah, I think Bodie's kicking game and just ball in hand is going to be so crucial up against the threats of White and Lolosio in their kicking game. Yeah, 100%. He's so, so good, Bowden Barrett. So it's awesome to see him playing some of his best footy in his career. But you mentioned against Nick White and Lolisier. I think Nick White, he's a massive part of that Brumbies team, the way he drives their team. His kicking game is going to be crucial, and the way the Blues defend those aerial contests um, is going to be a massive part of the game as well. So Bodie versus Nick White, I think both of them sort of are keys to controlling their game. Bodie for the Blues, Nick White for Brumbies, and I think both of them will have big impact in the result of this game. But we're both going Blues 1-12, to both going Crusaders 1-12, to so it's an easy week on the punt for you guys listening. But we do have some good Waterlad power plays. The two that really stand out for me is late change in the score in either game in the last five minutes. So we've had this option before with the Brumbies. Blues last time they played, happened twice last time they played. This time you've got two games, the Blues versus the Brumbies and the Crusaders and the Chiefs, who we've already spoken. We both think this game's going to go right down to the wire as well. $3.50 for that, for a late change in either game. I really like this option. One, because you get to watch two games, and if the Crusaders and Chiefs game isn't close, you get another. You get your money's worth by getting another game to wind home. And I do think both games are really good chances to having a late change in that last five minutes. So I do think both games are going to be extremely close. Thoughts? 
Yeah, look, I don't mind that at all. And to be fair, I'll be praying that it's the first game, that it's the late lead change, not the second one. Hopefully the boys have wrapped up that Brumbies game by about the 50-minute mark and I can enjoy the last 30 minutes. But, yeah, I think that first game in particular... It could go right down to the wire. A couple sharp shooters as well, Gatland and Mwanga. So could be a few shots at goal, drop goals. It could be all on. Mm. And the other one I do quite like as well is both games to be under 12 games, which can go either way. So if you're not sure who's going to win out of the Crusaders and Chiefs, but you know it's going to be a close game, and you think the Brumbies can keep it within 12, then $3 for this option. And I do think both of those games will be under 12. The only danger is if the Blues do run away with that game late, I think. Um, but I'm pretty happy to take the $3 on that because I think I back the Brumbies D to be able to withstand some of this blue strike power, and I don't think they'll be getting those easy late tries that they did last week. So I don't mind that option. $3, pretty good value. Did you see any value options you found in those power plays? Yeah, I like the uh, 10, 11, 12, or 13 tries option across the two games. I think, you know, five tries at across in, in each game is probably about right maybe six each so that kind of keeps you in that range at two dollars fifty and then I thought the point scorers one was really interesting as well obviously Stephen Perifeta the favorite there but then you've got guys like Richie who do have a bit of a meat pie in them as well so if he can go up in a couple fives he could be right in the mix at three dollars seventy five so that adds a bit of excitement as well you can place a couple on those pick two or three guys that you like and you could come away with a nice little return there yeah that's not a bad option because they have done that with a point start which was an interesting way to do it instead of giving you extra value for Lollisier they've given you a 5.5 point start Gatlin gets a 4 point point start Mwanga 0.5 point start and Perifeta off scratch. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm not sure. I'm sort of leaning towards Mwanga. I feel like he probably, I probably thought he might have been favourite, but not sure. Lollisier, five-point point start. Brumbies are probably going to kick a few penalties. Not the worst shout either. So um, obviously Perifeta is probably the most likely to score. I'm guessing he's probably the shortest price to score a try. So uh, yeah, very interesting. Go on, call one for me. Who do you like? You're the guru. Oh, <laughs> None of that, none of that. Old Stevie's playing unreal footy at the moment, eh? Like, he's been one of the best performers for me, this Super Rugby, and a guy that I probably didn't have in my all-black calculations at the start of the season. But, geez, he'd be pretty hard done by if he misses out. But I I like Richie at 375. Um, I think I'll be jumping on that. I just think, you know, he, he loves taking the ball to the line. He loves a cheeky try, as we saw last week. And he's always really accurate off the tee. So I think that... That Crusaders-Chiefs game has a potential to be right down to the wire, and I think Richie's going to have to put in a massive shift for them to get the win. So hard to pass him up, but then Stevie P, of course, the number one option playing off scratch. So I'll have him in my pocket as well. Oh, there you go. Take both of them and you should be all right. That's a suggestion from the punting wizard, Surly from Surly Talk Sport. But the betting <laughs> option, I think, is get on Crusaders 1-12 to or Blues 1-12, to and I think you'll be right. You should at least get your money back on either of those games. That's probably the smart way to play it. Instead of playing into those $1.20s head-to-head, you're better off going for the 280s, $3 um, for that 1-12 to margin with that chance of getting that money back if it does blow out. So um, that's the suggestion on the punt. Who are you picking for ladder of the week? It's getting a bit easier now. We mentioned the big dogs step up in these games, and they definitely did last week. Um, who are you going? Yeah, I've, 
it's hard to go past Bodie. I thought he was pretty hard done by last week, to be fair. He's got to be in the mix. So um, I know everyone, Will Jordan always gets massive votes just because he's so unreal from the yeah. back, always scores a couple and, and really does light things up. But I think Bodie will be a big performer. But then I wouldn't be surprised if it is someone like Will from that Chiefs Crusaders game because that has the potential to be the better game and the one that more Kiwi fans, mutual fans, will tune in for. So mm. bit of a fence sit there, but probably one of those two. Mate, not bad options. And going off the lad of the year tally, we've got Peter Gasoa, Cooler, Will Jordan and Perifeta all on six points at the top of the table. Alex Nankville, who's had a big year on five. Pablo Matera, Bowden Barrett on four. And then the other ones who are a chance still with big games this weekend, Leicester Fahanganuku, Kurt Eklund, Dalton Papali'i, who won't be a chance because he's out, but Quinn Tupire as well. So, um, lad of the year, off those tallies, who are you going to go there? Look, I'm a huge Peter Gus fan, so it's it's hard to pass up the big fella, but, oh, geez, I don't know. Perifeta tied for the lead, was it? Yeah, so maybe he steals it. Big upset. That would be a massive upset, but the good thing about that would mean he would be guaranteed to be picked in the All Black Test Series to play Ireland, which would be a huge achievement for him. So I kind of hope he does get it. Uh, but I do think Bowden Barrett, he's two points off the leaders. I think he's going to get a couple of points this weekend at least. And then no doubt in the final, in the crunch game, he'll be picking up some points as well. So I still think Bowden Barrett would win it. Um, the only marginal one, this could really test the theory, is if Pablo Mateta gets three points this weekend and some more points in the final, how would the All Blacks select them? Would they change the eligibility rules or what would they do there? I'm really unsure, but it would be great to see Pablo in a black jersey. Yeah, well, I saw an interview with him. He said he's been learning the hucker and stuff, so perhaps he's already got the nod. He's he's had the inside word from the All Blacks hierarchy and he's looking to transfer. But I was thinking about it the other day. Like He's got to be probably the best player to, to transfer over from a foreign team into Super Rugby and have this much of an effect in a, in a Kiwi-based franchise anyway like he hasn't skipped a beat and often you see these international players come in and it's just a different style of rugby but man he's he's taken his game to even more of a level which is impressive stuff from him so yeah I'd love to see him in the All Blacks maybe out the front of the hucker maybe he'll lead it depends how much practice he's been doing but yeah that would be paying big odds at the TAB so if that's an option get involved yeah mate well he, he's been learning Tedeo as well and he probably speaks more Tedeo than most so uh, maybe there's a loophole to get him in the Maldives mm. test match against Ireland. Now, that would be good to see. But you're spot on about his adaption to the game. I always remembered him for Argentina and the Jaguares as that just a real physical collision winner. But what I've seen from him at the Crusaders is his skill set and his speed, and he's still winning those collisions and stuff. But I didn't realise he was quite as skillful as he is. Um, he's really impressed me. Yeah, I think he's just enjoyed as well, like under Razor, a bit more of a freedom to express himself and play a bit more footy. Mm. So, yeah, I already had big reps on him when he first signed here. I thought he was an unreal player, but he's only gone up in my books. Mm, yes, what a lad he is. And I need to try and get him on the podcast for sure because he does seem like a champion, champion bloke. But, mate, what a round of footy we have. Only one more round after this. So hope you guys are still enjoying these Super Rugby previews. Awesome to have Surly from Surly Talk Sport. Always share his knowledge. He always finds some good value on the punt. And go get a $5 swish from him because that is something you do not want to miss out on.
But cheers, as always, for joining us, Shirley. Absolutely. Yeah, no worries. Just before I gap as well, um, assistant coach at Tasman saw that was announced, so congrats on that. And maybe you haven't got my CV yet. I sent through a few highlight videos of just me and the wife in the backyard. <laughs> I was putting in some impressive wax and chip and chases, so maybe look in your junk folder, mate. <laughs> mate, I saw it on your Gus Gould um, video, and it was impressive. But definitely think we need to sign you as some sort of um, media hype man because, man, you've got a gift. If Sky don't employ you, We'll make sure that Tasman do. Oh, really appreciate that, mate. Huge fizz. <laughs>